0: Welcome back to another episode of season five of the RAG podcast. As you guys know by now, this is the number one podcast across the recruitment sector globally. And we've always been on a mission to help recruitment agencies grow by interviewing founders and telling their stories of success from startup all the way to scale up and exit. Well, this season we're a little bit different how do you as a recruitment leader and founder maintain your family and friendships whilst being the best person at work how do you stay physically fit mentally and emotionally and how do you find time for yourself in the madness how do you find time for self-interest for hobbies and self improvement well to help you with this i'm going to be interviewing someone every single week that can demonstrate experience in one or more of these areas so i'm going to talk to recruitment founders and also some experts from outside the industry who can deep dive into things like relationships and health and well-being so sit back relax and i hope you enjoy today's show hello and welcome back to another episode of the rag podcast on today's episode i am joined by jamie trevette and tony robbins the founders of the Just Group Recruitment. Now, Tony Robbins is also a very famous speaker. Um, So I don't want to get you confused and too excited, but this Tony Robbins did actually work in sales and for a while um, worked on a TV channel where he sold equipment. So you could say it's the Tony Robbins off TV, but maybe not the right one. But these guys are Bromley-based. They own an agency um, that's been going for 10 years this year. They recruit across the construction market, and they have about 24 staff. Now, the reason I wanted to work with uh, interview these guys is, one, they're just so down-to-earth and genuine. They are one of our Hoxhill clients. I love every interaction with Jamie and Tony. Um, but they've been through some really tough times. In the pandemic, they actually shrunk down to six people. When you've been together for 10 years, to go down to six, and then when they went into the second lockdown in the January of 2021 – they genuinely felt like it might the business might go under. They'd taken a, a huge loan to build the business again through COVID, and then their market, which is all outwardly facing, crashed again in the early 2021, and they genuinely thought they'd go under. In the pandemic, they also exited and parted ways with their one of the original founders. So they've been through the breakup of a founder and their business on its knees in the pandemic and managed to rise again to the point where they've grown to one of their, I think they are the biggest, both financially and headcount they've ever been. And they've got exciting expansion plans to go out into the US. Um, Really honest guys, really genuine. You're gonna, anyone in in the recruitment sector will empathize with these guys. So without further ado, Jamie, Tony, welcome to the RAG podcast. Welcome Sean.
1: Well, thanks for having us, I guess. (laughs)
0: it's <laughs> the first time anyone's welcomed me on my own show so thank you <laughs> yeah. You're good thank you Ty. thank you both um guys it's a pleasure i think we've uh me and jamie have been speaking about this for a while i think he's he's been he's been a fan of the show i believe and wanted to be on for a long time and uh, i'm glad we finally got around to it
1: well I get, originally originally when you first started this out there was discussions i think you you reached out to me and said like you know i'm doing this podcast you know you know think about being on it i was like yeah yeah we'll be on it and that was years that was about like, three years ago, three years like, but we got it yeah, and then all of a sudden you become too big for
0: me to get on it. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> it's taking that? that time to get on it now. No, yeah. man, that's that's not true. That's not true. We, we I just wait. You just got to wait till the right time. Today felt the right time. So, but look, guys, thank you for for taking the time out. Um, I'm gonna inj- inj- individually ask you some questions because it is tricky with two people. Um, Jamie, do me a favor for anyone who doesn't know you, just give us an overview of who you are and what your job is in the business today. Yes, I'm
1: Jamie Trivet. Um. 10 years now operating as the, the managing director for the Just Group. Um, my role uh, effectively is more operational and strategic for the business now, um, you know, driving the business into to different markets and um, helping Tony really from a strategic perspective as to where the business is going to go and, and grow, um, you know, anything if you like, from, from finance all the way through to marketing with the support of you good people. Yeah. um you, you know and I guess strategic direction that's pretty much where where job do so you is. are you not in sales anymore in recruitment well you said you say that we we've recently started driving into the US so I will be taking on a, a the, the, the kind of u.s sales function um and, and driving that expansion into the US so I will be jumping back into back on a desk and, and get the cobwebs off and see how good I actually am <laughs> cool, it mate. it's been a while since I've Probably about two two years since I was billing, so yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting interesting journey for people able to see me crash and burn. But yeah, I'm excited by it. To be fair, I'm really Good excited.
0: You Good luck, mate. I'm excited for you too, Tony. What about yourself? So yeah, obviously, Tony Robbins. Um,
2: yeah, part of my main function in the business at present is the learning and development side of the business. I help with a lot of the training. Um, you, you know, especially since COVID. We've had a lot of new people come into the company, so a lot of the whole 360 training aspect, I get involved in that side. Um, I help manage the floor across all the divisions that we've got as well, keep an eye obviously on the sales function, pipeline, that side of things. So yeah, it's a bit of an all-encompassing role. Um, I'll I'll get involved in sales as well. It's just quite a lot of learning, training, support
0: to the team within the Been okay, the group. and and do us a favor, Tony. What? How would you describe? Like, give us the overview, the bird's eye view of the Just Group. How many people? Where you based? Divisions, etc.
2: So we we're based in Bromley, in Kent. Yeah. Um, there's six divisions. We've currently got 24 people within the company, um, ranging obviously from the sales team through to compliance, office manager, finance um, director, and uh, a non-exec as well. Um, Within each division within our, it's construction recruitment, it's specialist divisions predominantly within the subcontract market, so mechanical, yeah. electrical, interior fit out, groundworks, building envelopes, which is the facade, the, the, the glazing, the roofing, the clad inside. Um, and we work with building products, the sales people within that. So we've got the, the different divisions within each division, each consultant. And have
0: they all got different names, I remember? like you've, each, yeah. each one's got yeah. their own brand.
2: Yeah, so just building services, just building envelopes, just sales, just construction, just interiors. yeah we took, we took the Ronto
1: approach, didn't we? Yeah, that's yeah exactly that's what right. it says on a tin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we used to be called Anderson weather Construction many years ago when we first started out. many years. Anderson and, and weather Anderson Webber. Yeah, again, uh, don't don't ask. We can get
2: into that. That was Alan's
0: idea. I think our, our old business partner. Anderson,
2: like my name. Yeah, there's an Anderson Webber. Uh, we, we chose two names at the time.
0: Um, <laughs> Based on
2: anyone? Do you know
0: any Andersons apart from me? Yeah,
2: yeah. Jimmy Anderson, the the bowler for England, was the Anderson, <laughs> and 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 the Webber was a piano teacher at my son's school. But not Andrew Lloyd Webber, then. No, no, no he was a, a piano teacher. teacher.
0: Wow. <laughs> I'll be honest. If you'd have said to me, where does Anderson Webber come from? I would never have thought the two people would put together. uh, (laughs) So, why did you change it?
1: Well, I think the the business kind of changed. It it was a strange setup at the beginning. So, taking you back. When did you start? Let's go back to start. When did you start? 2012. uh, Tony and Alan had decided to set up on on their own, um, leaving our old uh, stomping ground of Humrez. I'd already left the business uh, to to join one of uh, James Kahn's many kind of venture capitalist approaches. and Tony and, and, and Alan set up Anderson Weather. Uh, that was mainly focused on facades, wasn't it? And, and M&E. Yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah.
0: That, Explain, what does what that, facade so, and M&E, but no So, facades, so facades
1: is like the, the, the outsides of a building. So right. if you look at the shard, all of the glazing, that's right. called a facade, okay. uh, the kind of externals of, of, of a building, and mechanical and electrical that, that Tony kind of headed up. Um, and about, probably about six months after you guys had started, I was running my own company, again, and I'm a strange name, James uh, James Rose. That was my old uh, my old pseudonym, so I used that to, to set up, <laughs> and that was going all right for the for kind of six months, and I think both businesses were doing well. But as you probably know, Sean, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, 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 a head case to a point, but I <laughs> suffer from ADHD, and I'm uh, I bounce off the walls on my own at home. So I needed to have that that kind of office feel and, and work. And with you guys things. worked together before, though, so you all knew each other. Yeah, we had yeah, yeah. we'd all worked. Up. Tony was a, a manager at Humres and managed Alan and I worked in the sales team. Um strange enough, we kind of tried tried to, to join uh, to join up within the business, but they wouldn't let me join Tony's team because I worked with one of the directors and, and made him look good. So I think he wouldn't let me wouldn't let me leave. So yeah, a bit of a strange one, but we ended up kind of getting together.
2: Uh, and i think initially you guys
1: offered me a job <laughs>
2: yeah i mean we kept in touch even after you yeah. left um so but yeah we got in touch and yeah i mean we we, we started to speak we opened up a, a dialogue didn't we yeah. i told alan to piss off i said i'm not going to join you either, as an employee
1: and and it kind of left it there for, for how about would, um,
0: just how were both businesses performing then so you've got two well, individual was, entities they was yours similar to theirs or different market or
1: mine because my, my background was mainly kind of sales um building products um, which is anything from interior, exterior products, you know, ceiling, lighting, furniture within an office, uh, and also interior fit out. So, you know, if you look at, yeah. let's say for instance, um, what's the, the, the big group, you know, Regis or, or, or WeWorks, yeah. companies that actually go and fit that out. Right. So I was kind of in a, in a separate market to be fair, so we weren't really competing against each other, but the timing just came right. And I think we decided to, to kind of join together but we'd set up a a separate entity called Anderson Webber Construction. So, um, you know, the guys had invested some money and and had their own part going that was doing relatively well. Um, So we decided to to, to separate them out. And after about six months, we found that the construction one was paying for the other one. (laughs) So we kind of amalgamated the the two businesses and and then changed the name not long after that to to the Just Group. We had that same vision as, it was almost like uh, EasyJet, Easy Group easy coffee easy hotel etc yeah. um so where, did, where did the
2: word
0: just come from
2: it just came out of nowhere i guess it <laughs> told me yeah. i think alan pulled it out to me yeah he did he did i think it was just a word that could lead easily on to other to, to other words you know just this just that and it's memorable you know, isn't it it's tell it it exactly what it says on a tin you know our,
1: I, I studied marketing and branding when i was at, at uni and, and a yeah. lot of you look at businesses that a very generic in name you know i've heard your story about why you why you chose hoxo and stuff And yeah, you look the name, cool. Anderson Webber, i mean what, what does that mean is that a law firm is that an accountancy practice what do you do yeah. um you know and branding is is all about being identifiable and and, and resonate with with people so we decided to, to shift it up and we've had a couple of rebrands actually to, to this point and we've actually now got each brand operates under its own kind of color scheme and everything else so it's really identifiable with that specific
0: brand rather than being part of the just group yeah that makes i love it i love it what well, what did you guys do before Were you did you all work in the industries that you recruit did you sell or work uh, in m M&E and or i mean or?
2: i'm i'm older than i'm 15 years older than jamie so i was i was 50, this year. <laughs> I was 50 this year so my i actually started off in retail sales so right. that's where i come from i've done 15 years in A department store selling beds, right? So, um, so I'd, I'd done that for 15 years, and then that uh, I worked for a company called Alders, which was quite a big department store across the UK,
0: yeah. Um,
2: that had been going for over 100 years. Then it's a bit of a, a long story, but a guy came in actually tried to rebrand it, and within 18 months, it had gone bust. Wow. So, anyway, so I left there, I went on the road for a couple of years being a rep, um, and I'd done that which was fine and then I can remember I was sitting over in Worcester Park over in Surrey one day reading even standard and there was just an advert it just said recruitment consultant required for London construction company um little advert phoned it up got an interview second interview and then I spent I joined and, and I was 34 then so I actually got into recruitment at 34 so um like I say, I'm 50 now so yes you didn't
0: this- have that long you didn't do what do you do a few years before you set up then like Five years, four, or five. Years. I've done six years. I've done Thank six you. years
2: there and then left and we've been doing this now. This is our tenth ten year anniversary. anniversary this year. So um, wow. so I've always kind of been in sales. Um, yeah. retail, I loved retail, very service, very obviously, face to face, you know, it was it was fantastic loved it and then on the road selling carpets and rugs and things like that again selling and then now i've just for the last 16 years sold people you so. missed out the fact that you were
1: on tv selling it as well oh, yeah. it, it, it wasn't quite a qvc but it was, it was something well, along well, those i was on
2: ideal world <laughs> i went on ideal world shopping channel yeah well it was when i was working for the the company called william arms sort of rugs and doormat sort of company and they they got a contract with ideal World and they wanted someone from the company to you basically have someone from the ideal world shopping channel who calls out all the numbers and what colors are available but it wanted someone from the company actually knowing the spec of what was being sold so, so we
0: could say we could say that the Just Group's owner is Tony Robbins a celebrity tv speaker we, and it wouldn't <laughs> be <laughs> alive. it wouldn't yeah. be
2: a yeah. marketing scheme marketing we'll there's right, there you go. You
0: can, there's that that one free, you can have that one for free, guys. I've
2: also wrote a hundred best-selling books. And-
0: <laughs> <laughs> the power, the power within your carpet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, all right, take us back to the time when you. So, Jamie, interestingly, you said ADHD bouncing around your own house. Take me back to the time when you were on your own for a bit. What, what is that actually like? Because there's a lot of recruiters I've met that, you know, they spend the whole fucking day walking around the office hitting golf balls and shit in the office like putting because they can't sit down like it's just the nature of a lot of sales (laughs) people see what happens yeah (laughs) well i would have
1: done if i was about five or six kilos lighter but um yeah so for for me i kind of left university you know not i think me and you are not too dissimilar in age yeah um i left university during the the recession after 2008 um and, and kind of fell into recruitment like everybody does Went and met Michael Page, I think it was, and, and, and decided that I would uh, try and get a job in procurement, which I'd been doing for a year with an investment bank. Um, they offered me a job. Didn't have a clue what recruitment was, so I told them to piss off. Um, then kind of started looking at it and thinking, well, I don't think I'm going to get a job in this market. Yeah. So I decided to fall into recruitment. Did that with, with HumReds for a, a sort of about 16 months. Uh, then moved to, uh, it was a company called Broadgate Associates, and then they got sold out. Again, it was a, a loose business of and Bradshaw, um, so that got sold out and, and started kind of going tits up, to be fair, so they, we ended up moving over to a, another company and they offered a few of us like I think it was commission-only contracts. And I was like, well, I think working for a commission-only contract, yeah. you can piss off. So went on holiday with, with my missus, who's now my wife, um, and, and, and said, you know what, I'm gonna do it for myself. I always wanted to. Uh,
0: I studied business management and marketing and branding. You were pretty that, young then. You were in early 20s or 23. Yeah, 24? yeah, yeah. I,
1: think I was about 20. What am I now? 30. So it must have been about, yeah, probably 25, 24, 25. Yeah. Uh, started on my own for about six months. And as I said, re- the, the guys reached out and we kind of went for a few beers and, you know, had a few chats. as to, uh, and, and, and I think ultimately looking back now, you know, I think I, again, it's probably patting myself on the back, but I think I was the missing piece to the puzzle yeah you know uh, tony's a, a fantastic trainer and and, and coach Great salesman alan was is is probably to be brutally honest out of the three of us was, was the best recruiter yeah um uh, and i was much more strategic and, and focused on business and you know when we first got together they didn't realize they had to put money aside to pay vat so <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, the batman was coming after them so there was a yeah i think i brought a lot of skill sets that the guys didn't have
0: but what was that six, what was the six months like on your own though that's what i'm interested because the reason i ask is a lot yes. of people go out on their own and they do fear that they fear that you know shit i'm on my own in my underpants kind of i don't think i could do it i'll be honest i don't no, think no, i could have no. started a company on my tod like i just don't think it's my, no, my personal it's moment. hard work i
1: think you know you've got to be a, a,
0: a i don't want to say a special
1: type of person, no. person that's terrible, but you've got to have you have a, a particular type of um a, a personality that allows you to to stay within your own thoughts and be focused and structured on your own. And, and that's not, you know, for me, I, I kind of, I get, I feed off of the energy of people, you know, hence the reason I love The Office and I think it's a great buzz to be around other people. And when I was on my own, I, I found it, I don't want to say dark and depressing after a while, but, but it was, you know, there's no one to share that joke with. You know, I genuinely I remember something happened and it was quite funny and I, I, I spun around in my chair to tell somebody, and there was a wardrobe my my missus had already gone to work and i was just sitting there thinking you know this is shit this is not what i want to do and, and it was just perfect timing that the guys reached out and we'd had a couple of beers and i've got friends around and, and we would had a i think somebody's birthday I think it was either my my birthday or somebody's birthday and we would discussed i discussed it with friends of my close friends saying look you know a couple of guys I used to work with that i get on very well with have kind of reached out and they were like you'd be stupid not to do it you know they know me well enough and thought you know yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go crazy on his own,
0: or, or do something stupid. Were you making so, money at that point? Were you doing? Deals? I was doing all right. Yeah, I mean,
1: I I started billing money. Not, I wasn't flying. I'm not going to sit and say that no, I was absolutely flying, but I was building that that client rapport. I had a few good clients on, so I was able to kind of transition that straight over and bought bought yeah. a bit of business straight into the new company, uh, and we hit the ground running there. So um, yeah, so it was it was a it was a strange time, you know, working on your own. You're the left with your own thoughts, your own anxieties, your own problems and everything else. And, and and as I said, some people love that. You know, Tony somebody that, 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 that fishes a lot and, you know, he enjoys his own company. Whereas, you know, for me, I don't mind probably a day on my own when the, when the wife and kids go to the, to the
0: in-laws, you get that
1: break. But after a while, I need that hectic environment
0: back. Yeah, I think, I've, do you know what? I look back and I think times are so different now than they were then. And, and maybe my life in A... I look back to when I started Hoxha, I was living in Crystal Palace, so not far from you. My Amma was in Blackheath. And Mark, one of the lads we started with was in Manchester. And we, me and Amo basically took Regis space, just like a hundred pound a month, like hot desk in the, in the more London and on London Bridge. Mm. And I, I, yeah, we just went in every day. Like we got the train in every day. We met, we worked, we went around London, we met clients. Like we kind of tried to treat it just like we did in recruitment. We went, you know, the office was not that different in terms of location and loads of face-to-face meetings and it was great. Um, and I don't think I could have sat there in my own house just on my own. But looking at my life now, because I'm on Zoom calls all day, yeah. even though I'm I'm literally got two dogs in this room now, and that's where I typically work. I've got a little office space down the road that I barely use, to be honest. Um, I quite like it because I'm literally back to back. So in the little gaps I get, I don't really want to chat to someone else. I just want to make a drink or cook or go and have a walk or clear my head and go again. And I think yeah. the, the dynamic of the jobs changed, and it the way we interact with people's changed. Because you guys, when I met you, because you, you came and met me as soon as Hoxo started, really. Yeah, we met we met in a hotel in in um, Citizen M. Power Bridge. Citizen <laughs> M. So basically, when I had that office in Regis, we, we realized that Citizen M over the river that was, was way cool. cooler. And you could sit and there free. all day. You could sit <laughs> there all day and just buy a coffee. And I was like, We got to the point where they used to put these signs on the table saying you you know. If you're not buying, you got to go because we'd spend like 12 hours and buy one coffee. Um, <laughs> but you came, you you guys came and met us then, and you were didn't you have a London office as well as a? We, Bromwell we did, yeah. That's that yeah. we had a uh,
1: we had another office in the uh, next to the, in the Shard complex. I think it's now the news building. Yeah, yeah, um, the, mini, the, mini the mini Shard as it's known. We like to jazz it up and yeah. sound better. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was it was great. To be fair, it was a region space, um, and it was lovely. It was it was much nicer than than the office that we had. As you can imagine, it was all modern and. And, yeah. and beautiful so we went in there and it was it was going well for a while and then brexit come and kicked us right in the, in the gully. so um it w- we made sense for us to to kind of scale it back and bring it back to bromley where we've got a, a much larger space and hadn't filled that up by that stage anyway why did you uh,
0: need london and bromley though they're so close like what, what the,
1: the problem for us is, is again if you're in bromley we're kind of we're in a strange strange place and i remember speaking to, to I, think, I think it was yourself or, or yeah i'm sure it was you that you had a client in Clapham. Yeah, previously you yeah. did a lot of functions and stuff for them because they had the same problem he's mm-hmm. trying to get people to come out into to, to clapham and, and you know whilst bromley is a, a recruitment hub there's it's a lot of i.t recruiters and yeah and healthcare was massive here for a while before ir35
2: london just gives you the option to draw yeah. people in from north it's, south east west yeah, yeah of course here and everywhere more talent
0: so. than anything yeah. else. Yeah.
2: Not not egos in
1: the
0: shard, No. But oh, no. I didn't know if it was clients or something, like there was more London-based clients or anything like that. No, it
1: was I mean, more... A lot of our business is still London and the South East. Yeah. Um, but, but I think we were probably naive to a to a strategic approach as to ensuring that we had a hub and that we would train our own staff and, and, and develop people properly. We thought that, you know, it was the, the the gold rush, as soon as we got into London, we'd have everybody knocking on our door and you know, we would we would flash out a fifteen to twenty man office really quickly. But as as lovely as as London is and as broad as it is, you're competing with mass amounts of other recruiters who are, who are nine thousand agencies.
0: How many? Nine thousand in the city.
2: Wow, there you go. And well, we we also saw a lot of clients actually come out of the city yeah. who who had offices there. They started going out yeah. to the home counties, I guess, for cost for space. Yeah, cost. You, you know, so actually being in the city itself. You know and then like jamie said brexit come and it kind of just, yeah, it just our mind, did we focus i think as to what we should be doing and where we should be spending our money and our time and we thought if we can get over brexit then it'll be full steam ahead <laughs>
0: <laughs> why did brexit affect your industry so much
2: i think it was just more
0: the stop start process it was
1: that the uncertainty as to where we go in were we not and, and and we were kind of battling that for about three years were not we Do you remember there was Every three months, it felt like there was a new well, signing. It was it was sign in. A new, and then there was a new approach from Boris or whoever it was, Theresa May, I think at the time, was coming cool. out, new statements. And it just kept causing backlogs to projects to kick off because, you know, construction is, is predominantly private investment unless the government really step up. Um, and it's a lot of foreign investors. So it's a, for them, I think it was a case of, is London going to be the hub that it has always been? Um, so it had that knock-on effect to, to projects kicking off and, and major projects as well so it, whilst it, it it didn't kind of kill the industry by any stretch it just kept stop starting so we just had sales that the there was no rhythm to what we were able to do um
0: you know and, and to
1: be honest we were just surviving
0: so we how many people surviving. you got now did you say
1: it's 24.
0: 24 right, and how many people did you, when you joined as a three was it just three of you or did you have a few people at that point? there was one other guy there was a,
1: a, a young chap called harrison who was working with Alan. um so it was just the four. then we hired a, an office manager
0: and how have you found obviously you know going back to early days and now how, how have you found the growth journey of hiring and training because that seems to be the bit that you know every good recruiter starts an agency they know what they're doing they build they, they tend to rock it pretty quick in terms of income and then only you know a small percentage ever break and grow big agencies some stay super small you guys are kind of in that middle ground how have you found that because that's got to be the hardest part of the business right i think i think you have a choice as a business
2: like i say you can like I say you can be on your own in your own room earning your money that's fine you can set up a business and you can have like you know take harrison the first guy at the equation myself jamie and Alan in a room three pretty good recruiters you know if you want to earn some money the three of us with low overheads, you can do it i think there, there, there comes a point in your business where you decide if you want to scale your business up if you want to take it further and then and you know, you have to have a plan to do that. But it's interesting, you know, going ahead in the story a little bit with COVID. COVID kind of took us, you know, like a lot of companies, it really knocked the business for six. You know, we had people who worked for us who left, you like who wanted to do new things outside of the industry. We we unfortunately had one of our guys actually had a mental breakdown. He actually got sectioned, you know. Wow. So after coming back from COVID, we were kind of back to, what was it six of us six back to of their bones yeah it
0: was a really really tough period. how many did you
2: have going into COVID? probably what 16? 16 16 17 of us wow yeah so so again we were at a point where we had to make a decision you know should me and jamie just sit in a room and do it ourselves and earn good money again and be okay or do we do we go again do we do we build a business well, again well we
1: had the process of, of of alan who was obviously our partner at the time and during COVID, Alan, uh, uh, you know, decided that he wanted to go in a different strategic direction than myself and Tony. Um, so we
0: we kind of ultimately decided that we would part ways. Um, what 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 do you mean by different strategic direction? So
1: he wanted to to take the business in in a, probably a smaller kind of more lean business. To be fair to right. him, you know, given the fact that the the market was still very volatile, which to be brutally honest was a, probably a sensible decision. Um, but We decided that that we wanted to go again and you know we'd kind of spent the best part of what eight seven eight years building a business and and a reputation and a brand and everything else and you know we were good at what we did uh so we decided that we wanted to go again and and, you know ultimately we kind of parted ways sadly it's not ended the 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 best way that you would like it to but that's business and it's never you still speak to him or uh no not really you know we're kind of on
2: to be fair to Alan, he, you know, he, he put leads our way when he started. If he saw anybody that he knew that we would be interested in, he, he put them our way. Um, it's been amicable. Yeah, I'm not saying we're going out for beers with him, but it, it is. It wasn't like a complete
0: cut. But I imagine you had to buy shares and stuff, so you... Yeah, I mean, ultimately
1: at that stage it weren't worth much. So it was uh, you know, the business was genuinely in a bit of a pickle. So, you know, it was really testing times, as it was for for a lot of people. A lot of businesses going bust. We had a lot of clients going, bust people that owed us money, you know, mass amounts. You know, April was flying, wasn't it? it was absolute fun. It was going to be our record month. Yeah. We had record numbers on the board. You know, the staff were buzzing. It was great. And then all of a sudden, boom, straight off the edge of cliff. March died, and, and and suddenly you're sitting there thinking how are we paying these bills. So, at
0: what point in COVID did did all that happen with Alan? Pre, didn't it?
2: Was it just? It was right yeah. at the beginning. It was like the February time. Yeah, February, March. We knew it was coming.
1: You know, it was oh. coming, and we'd seen that. It, Construction is a very strange market. It kind of
2: affected construction quite quickly, didn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was in the country. COVID. Um, I, I honestly don't believe it. Obviously, none of us expected what was going to happen. Happened, but it was kind of in that January, February time. Yeah. The three week lockdown, was I
0: went to Dubai. I went to Dubai end of Jan, and I remember. I'll never forget. I was driving in a cab, and I was reading like Sky Sports news, and I, I was like, players were leaving China. And I remember reading Marwan Fellaini leaves China due to COVID. Right. So I'm like, what? and then the, and at the same time, the taxi driver was like, Oh, you're going to have to start wearing masks soon as COVID's coming. I was thinking, whatever, get out my hotel at the cab in walk in the lobby of the hotel and who's in the lobby Marwan Fellaini stood there. <laughs> like, Fucking hell. Um, and then I got back and did throughout February, I did a couple of rags and, and yeah, it just, it just escalated. Didn't it? It's like, did
1: you Madden. boo him as a City fan? Yeah. Well,
0: did you boo him? You're a City fan, aren't you? Yeah, I didn't. Nah, I mean, I, he's a he's a big old bloke, mate. You don't. Me. <laughs> <laughs> You've you met me. I'm not. I'm not. The, I'm six foot six on Zoom. If, in case you. Uh, <laughs> That's been that has been the maddest thing about a remote company. Whenever we meet in real life, everyone's just like, "I thought you were tall." I thought you were tall. I'm like, I'm not that big. I'm interrupting today's episode to mention our sponsor, Talent Ticker are here to help everyone who are in such a candidate short market, right? So if you're looking to grow your recruitment business in 2022, you know candidates are important and Talent Ticker are here to help. What they do is they help recruiters work smart and not hard. They've got over 300 agency clients, recruitment agency businesses that use Talent Ticker, and that helps them connect to the right person at the right time for the right reason. Okay. also automates a lot of monotonous tasks we use and provides simple tools to identify ideal and off-the-grid candidates, people that are under the radar for open roles. So if you like the sound of finding more deeper-level talent that's not exclusively on LinkedIn, for example, then get over to www.get.talentticker.ai forward slash So you'll find the link in the episode. Go and take advantage of the special offer they've got on there for our listeners. So so you guys, early COVID, so then when it comes to the first full lockdown, you remember the weather was beautiful, the country was fucking weird, everything was odd. I remember I went on this mad exercise regime and 75 hard and built the academy and it was just a weird time of my life. I was about to leave my wife, it was mental, but there was pros and cons to that time and you guys obviously were dealing with that with Alan how did you cope with being at home and being isolated?
1: Quite quickly, didn't it? I think the, the the you know I guess look. Be fair to Alan, he was like, well, you know what, if it's going to go out that way, then let's just get it done and dusted. So Slizzard has drawn up papers. It was pretty quick, um, and, and we kind of parted ways. We then decided to to shut the business because it was the best point to, to kind of close up shop and everybody kind of go home. There was no working from home because it was just no. it was pointless. Um, so the next three months, I mean, like a lot of people have heard on your podcast. It was brilliant. I mean, I had a young son who was probably, you know, I think it was like about <laughs> a year old or so at the time, and it was, it was, it was, it was brilliant. I probably had the best three months of my family life that I've ever had. My wife wouldn't say same to be honest. I was driving a absolutely potty, but I, you know, done a lot of landscaping in the garden, to which you come around and charge your back. Remember when you were allowed to come into the garden? charge yeah. back within about five minutes. You were useless to me, to be That's fair. Good. Um, project project management. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was it, it was it was actually a good time. I actually, funnily enough, the only I think I was the only person that placed anybody during that period, and I placed the health and safety director with a with a company called Maris, and, uh, and naturally, I guess because he had to be on site to to run the whole COVID structure and stuff for them. So, yeah, it was it was it was a strange, strange time for everybody. Did you, know, you keep
0: the team on furlough? What did you do
1: with the staff? Like Obviously, yeah, few... it was a combination that, you know, some people wanted to kind of, you know, we let a couple of people go, um, you know, wanted wanted out. We, we put some people on furlough that wanted to stay part of it. Um, really strange story actually, there's a, a young guy that works for us that we've we kind of said, look, he'd only been with the business for about a month, Literally a month. you know, and he didn't kind of, I don't think he actually equated for, for, for furlough, did he? I don't think he was um, able to to get it. So we said, look, only we're going to let you go. Uh, and then about two weeks, about a week later, we were like, no, this is a bad idea, we think this kid's got promise. He's actually the, probably one of the largest billers that we've got now after training <laughs> him from being a, a box lifter to a, to a recruiter. So, yeah, I mean,
2: I mean what was it like for you? It was well like like a lot of people initially we thought it was going to be three weeks um which then turned into three months but I, i don't know there was always the pressure of the business in the background but it was almost like there wasn't anything you could do about it at that time there wasn't any support from the government there was talk about it but we didn't know what was coming um i i mean yeah i just like you said, the weather was beautiful and, you know, I like the garden. We went out for walks when we could and you just kind of, I don't know, the pace of life just slowed down for three months. And listen, you, you know, you need money in this world to live. But I think the majority of people actually enjoyed taking their foot off the gas. You know, we were forced to. But after that initial week or two, you, you just had to buy into it because there wasn't yeah. anything you, you had to it do. my
0: didn't slow down at all. Like it, it slowed down in, in it slowed down with sales. Oh, no, it just literally fell off a cliff in April and May. But I was like, well, we, 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 we let two people go. We went remote. It's like, well, what are we going to do? Sit and, we had to get out there. We had to put more content out. We had to be like, I went daily with the podcast. I built the academy. We were like, we need to be. And then the market just picked straight back up. And it, yeah, it became, it was, it was from a business perspective, we did really well in it that I know others, but we didn't, I didn't have a, like any time off not a single weekday off like it was if anything it was i worked more than normal because there was no distraction um and sometimes i'm a bit jealous when i hear about people like you that I had a bit of time i'm like, happy nice it's like everyone retired for three months and then came back to life so uh, we,
1: we had the complete opposites. When, when when we started realizing how long it was going to go on you know the anxieties come you know we kind of came, came back to, to meet didn't we i think when we were we were allowed to go, kind of go back we met for, for a couple of hours just to test what was going on speak to a few clients then come back for one day one day I think then it we was realized like the first market, of june or something wasn't it yeah you know, something
2: like that the market
1: was dead you know we we ended up then having a couple of people that had been with us for six years we were trained decided one wanted to leave the industry the other one just wanted out um you know and that and that was the part i think where the business started to really crumble
0: yeah. um, how do you, know, you deal with that like personally when someone says they want to leave and then another goes and another goes how do, how do you personally deal with that because it can t- you can say t- it's hard not to take it personally when it's your own it, it is I think
1: when it's it's tough at the beginning I think you do you take it like a kick in the nuts I think you know it is personal I think the, the first they were the guys that we've kind of grown up with in the business we'd really developed them and we've become you know almost like friends and it was and I think that was a wake-up call that you realize that your staff aren't necessarily your friends you know and it's mm. that that relationship is what it is you can have a very. some people do they have that very very good relationship outside of work as well but um yeah it was tough we took it personally to for a couple of them but after a while you realize that you know ultimately people get one shot at life and if they're if they're unhappy doing what they're doing then you've got to accept that and you know shake hands and and, and walk away from it um, but it was tough for us because we we were sitting there thinking right well how are we going to pick the pieces up from here um, you know as, at that stage i wasn't necessarily on the desk so to speak um, i think you still were weren't you um, we'd lost pretty much 70% of our top billing or top performing uh, team. And we genuinely had to grind out and start again. Um, and then January came around, <laughs> yeah. which was a whole nother story, because that was the moment, I think, when we both, I, I'd never, Tony's a very placid guy and, and he's very, very balanced. You know, I'm the opposite in, with a yin to, to a Travis Yang. But I think at that stage was the point where I thought, wow, shit, this is actually going to go completely to That out. when they went into that other... The,
0: the, yeah
1: we come well, out in December and we were doing pretty yeah, well in yeah. January we had really good numbers on the board and we're thinking great right you know it's over now we can go
0: because all and your we, all your your everything you recruit is is out there physical isn't it it's all yeah. on, on the ground doing stuff it's not do you do any office roles that could yeah, be no, a lot of it
1: is. we're very much more white collar based in fact right so uh, a lot of what we do is we've got a trade and labor team that deal with the, the contract side of it but we're very much white collar we've always been one color it's um
0: site manager up to director level so you know most of them are but is it are they still are those businesses still relying on they are on yeah they're their teams out yeah yeah they are their construction teams and yeah
1: people kept saying to us well construction's still going you guys must be all right and you think well if you actually look at it they were down by 70 percent of people allowed on yeah. on site
2: it was it was a car crash for everybody um, there was a lot of the house builders still carried on through COVID, but the majority of construction stopped. And like I say, the reduced numbers on site. It took a while from when we come back for it to start pick up. And like Jamie said, as we were going into November, December, everything was again on the rise. It was really positive. We had Christmas off. We had good numbers booked for January, um, and then I think we come back on the third of January and on the fourth of January they went into lockdown right. too, and it kind of. You know, for me, like Jamie said, I'm, you know, I'm quite a relaxed guy, you know, I'll take everything in the stride. But I think if I've ever had one real down moment in this business, it was most probably January of that year. That that was, the, you know, can we pick ourselves up again? Can we go again? You know, have we got it in us? Hmm. You know, we've suffered a few punches now. You know, we've taken a loan out. You know, we took a loan. Again, we had a choice. You know, do do we um, do we just sit in a room and recruit ourselves, or do we take a massive loan out that would not support just a business? But we have people in our business who have children who have mortgages. Yeah. You know, we have responsibility to people. You know, do we? You know, we, we we took that burden on. We took that money. We'll go again, and then in January for it to happen again.
0: It was so you already possible- took the loan, and then. Yeah. Oh, shit yeah we were and, deflated massively yeah. and i think
1: that was the first time that that, that i personally uh, believed that this was going to go and, and i think we, we both hit rock bottom you know mentally i think we were in a a real tough place and i think we find you know usually one of us picks the other one up and and, and we were
2: both flattened um and it was just it was really it difficult was, it, it, it was, a, it, was it. Devastating, it was a devastating it wasn't you know not obviously just for us for others but it was just a a devastating blow just to kind of feel like we would weathered it to to go again and i don't know you know whatever people's opinions on COVID is and the rules around it it it, it really did mess with with i mean not just us you know you saw it across obviously all the yeah you know all the restaurants all the hotels obviously aviation you know so many industries suffered from it and but that 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 january lockdown really did i think as a business test us I think ultimately what we didn't know was that it would mostly have one of the biggest positive effects on the business going forwards coming in out way. of it just 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 in terms of it actually allowed us to just refocus we you know again we we picked ourselves up did the market
0: did it did it come to a complete standstill again or did you did it you made... well yeah it, yeah it did but we, yeah. we
2: kind of managed to
1: to to pick ourselves up to to dust the of cobwebs off we we, we we hugged and cried and we got to that point and maybe me crying on your shoulder rather than the other way around but we, we, we got to that point where we said you know what fuck it we're just going to go again we're going to absolutely just do it and we're going to stick our heart, heart and soul into it and if we fail then we found knowing that we gave it everything not mm-hmm. unlike some industry, people in our industry that just you know are, are kind of thrown in the towel and leaving people in shit. We, 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 as tony said we've got responsibilities to people so we went again and, and what it allowed us to do was to re-strategize refocus on what was what was good what was bad you know we've made many many mistakes in, in running a business for 10 years you know we've cocked a lot of stuff up but but we we've, we've learned from those lessons and I think having that time to reset
0: but what did you do than, like give us some examples what did you you learn in the development
1: function we, we actually invested a lot of time into into that we've refocused on what Tony and I would do in the business uh, the markets that we would go into the types of clients that we wanted to work with <clears throat> excuse me, you know, even even the types of candidates that we wanted to work with. And, and we kind of really just we went to the granular detail of what this business was really about and decided to to, to kind of take it in a, in a different direction. And, you know, whilst we're still within the same markets, it is a whole new business. It's a whole new business with a whole new new culture and a whole new approach.
0: You so, know, so, so, you you were separate again, doing it all from home for a bit. And then no, we, were, did you... we
1: were in the office from, from yeah. what, as soon as we were allowed back.
0: Tony and I were in it. Yeah. Yeah. What was that April though? were you allowed back a bit earlier than that? Yeah, no, no, no,
2: when did we come? What originally? No, no, second, what, second time. You, no, no. Yeah, as soon as they let us back in. Yeah, I think it was around like late March, early April. I know
0: you were allowed you were allowed to go into bars and stuff on April twelfth. I know that because I went I went out straight in London that day and met with my mate. <laughs> it was freezing. You weren't allowed in, you had to sit outside. It was this free cold day in in April. I remember being like wrapped up and everyone had like hoodies and hats on and and it was a good day out. It was good fun. But um, so how has the business taken shape and what's what's happened since then?
1: Well, I mean, since then, we've started going into, um, you know, larger clients. We've taken on a lot of, um, you know, getting on to PSLs and stuff like that. Construction is a very strange market to, to jump on PSLs. You go through the whole vendor process, which is a pain in the ass. Um, we've we've pushed into into the US. Um, we've kind of gone into into Ireland in a few markets. we've started to look a little bit more internationally and and it's been really positive we've you know we've started to get a lot more a lot larger billers across the business a lot more of a spread as well as as that you know the younger guys coming in and the the less experienced are starting to to build money off the back of the the training program and the the l and d that we've put in place so yeah i mean the business has has been really really good i mean not to sit here and say that we've flown out the blocks i think there's a a lot of people in, in recruitment have done very well during this period you know, we would have done it if we had really just we've just constantly reinvested into the business, new platforms, new technologies. You know, we we started working with yourselves at the beginning of the year, which was mm-hmm. has been fantastic. Um, shout out to, to Tanya and and Shannon, doing a great job for us. Um, you know, and I think Tanya, I love that. They <laughs> call themselves um, that. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that next time around. But yeah, uh, yeah and, and it's been it's been really really positive. We we probably haven't hit the numbers that that other recruiters have. But we've we've progressively got better.
0: Do you know present. what though? Like, I, I'm so guilty of the same thing, thinking about what other businesses do. But it doesn't fucking matter, does it? Like, no. the, the truth is, you've got a. You wake up every day, you put your own fucking Just Group hat on. No other business actually matters to you. It's your life with your business. Your comparison, they say, is the thief of joy, and it's so fucking true. Like, it's so
1: I, I heard true. you say that actually, on the, on the notes I've been listening to the to the rags since you started going, and you know, you, you do realize that. What you, well, you have to realize that you can't, you can't play everybody else's cards. You've got the cards that you're dealt, and you need to play your hand. And it's so easy now in the modern life of Instagram and TikTok and everything else. And you think that everybody's living the best life, as they're saying, and they'll FOMO that the kids are, are rolling with these days. And, and you do. You constantly, you're constantly comparing yourself to everybody else. This is where we should be. I actually have recently, probably in the last week, deleted my Instagram and Facebook because it pisses me off. Man, I don't
0: I got rid of mine I got rid of, uh, end of 2019 when where was it was it end of 2019 end of 2020 when was, no it was 2019 it was when me and my my ex when shit went wrong I knew I I just could not face because she loved her Instagram and I thought fuck this I'm not, I'm not yeah it was not even her just it just kind of the whole platform I felt was very bullshit, fake. It was all about everyone watching each other having a good day. And I was like, I want to enjoy my own day. So I switched. I I basically just deleted the app off my phone. I've never got it back. And I'm I'm a lot less like angry about it now. I kind of I can go on there and check it every now and again. But I I haven't missed it. And I love not LinkedIn is my business, but any other social platform, I just don't give a shit about personally. I think it, it's all it'll do is it'll make me compare my day to someone else's day, and I don't need yeah. to do that. The the thing about this show is, it actually, it can contribute to the negative. I get it; it can be quite negative in that respect. That every week I release an episode with someone, and you know, we shout about five, half a million quid in six months or five fifty million turnover, or and I get that. Unfortunately, that can create comparison. My intention with the show is to give people. Some form of insight from everyone, so it's not. If if you can sit there and listen to each guest and try and take one thing, then I've I'm happy. Oh, but
1: I mean, I, think, I mean, definitely from from our yeah. perspective. I mean, I, I I mean, I I literally listen to it, and yeah, there's there's elements we think yeah we could be doing better, but ultimately I think to myself it's achievable. These guys are doing it, you know, and they've done a fantastic job in building their businesses, and you do take certain insights from it, you know, actually listen to. Uh, I can't remember the chap's name, the, the, the guy down in Brighton. Um, Nada, actually, yeah. Yes. And, uh, and you guys mentioned about the whole EOS platform. Yeah. You know, I've been looking for, for, for stuff like that for a long time. And so I started looking into that. Um, yeah. So you get, you get small insights from people as to how you can to constantly get that 1% across, uh, across the board. And, you know, yes, you, you you've got to take the rough of the smooth that if you do compare yourself to other people that are, have built a, you know a 35 million pound global recruitment business and they're driving a ferrari every five minutes then great you know but it it should it should it gives me certainly more inspiration than it does the the negative
0: right well that's that's good but i do get the other side tony you talked about the loan you took like where are you at with that honestly now like what what's the situation you you took a big fucking risk
2: yeah and we're now
0: what 18 months later what's the situation in terms so, of so, so
2: the loan obviously sits on the business you know yeah. we've started paying it back um it, it just becomes part of our you, you know go, 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 age, right? yeah it go, goes into the cost so, and it's just something we have to factor in you know
0: it was it but was if you put yourself in a position now where you find you've got that buffer where you you're stable and you don't have to you're not you know you you can easily cover that in the future and it's okay
2: yeah yeah it's i mean we, we didn't take it you know you take it no you got to pay it back you know i mean that there, there were certain people who took loans through COVID, knowing that they didn't have to give anything back but again you know we, we've always run this business you, you, you know clean you know we, we've you know we, we'll, we'll pay our taxes we'll pay our corporation tax we may moan about it but we'll do it and we took the loan out for for, for the reason of well two main reasons we had responsibility to the staff but, but we wanted to, 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 to go again as a company. And, you know, it's we're kind of in that period as a business where our, our costs each month against our sales, you know, yeah, we're making money, but, you know, we're in that balance. And that's, that's what I was saying initially. Me and Jamie could generally just sit in a room, recruit, and do really well out of it. When you build a business, there's that tipping point of costs and thousands. Yeah. You know, COVID, like Jamie touched on, you know, we, we 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 look for bigger fees now, we work with more select companies, we do a bit more retained business. Um we're opening up in the US, you know. We've been we've been looking at the US for quite a few years, in fact, but Brexit, COVID has has, has delayed that until this point. But we're already quite successful in there. And in fact we had a a bit of a strategy meeting this week about you know the nuts and bolts of the, the the next phase of that and we've got you know key indicators for this year what we want to hit with the us market but the uk market is still a big part of what we do and our staff out there and you know we're driving both sides of the business but yeah the the, the loan like I say we had to make a choice we want to go again if we're going to take a big loan and it was a big loan um you know are we you know we got to all in i think i think that's why that january kind of second knockdown kind of hit us a bit because you know we, we took the loan with good intentions good intentions for the business for us and what we wanted. looking to
0: back be. it was the right decision
2: I mean, yeah of course of course i mean listen if we had crashed and burned and the business has folded we'd go on and do something else we're good at that you know i mean but like I say, it's you you've got uh, uh, everybody, I guess, who, who you speak to who own to business. There's always an element of risk. You know, when, yeah. when we set the business up 10 years ago, you know, my two children then, well, they weren't children, children. They were like 13 or 14. Um, but my wife didn't work, you know, was doing her any justice. She worked in a school, just, you know, reduced hours. She looked after the, the, the house. Um, we didn't have much savings. I took those savings and set up the business. It, it, everything's a risk, and you've got to kind of you got to you got to back yourself, and that's what we did. And that the loan was just another one of those points in it, it, you know in our steps in on history. this journey, yeah, yeah. You know, and and we took it we took it with the right in you know purposes, and and we sit here today thinking, yeah, I mean that that was the right decision. Well, it but, has been. I mean, for, for the business, we're actually probably the most financially sound than than we've
1: ever been. Hmm um you know so the business is doing very well you look back at that loan and you think it was it was a saving grace at that period but we built on that really really quickly and we came out of covid of the whole covid process when it really kind of closed out that we're doing pretty well commercially viable and and and, you know hit the ground running again to to build and we've done pretty well in the last 12 months we've actually hit the the largest revenue target that we've had so you know it's, it's all going in the right direction we've just got to keep Keep uh, level-headed.
2: Keep keep strategizing. Keep, keep, keep moving forward. Yeah, keep moving forward. Keep innovating. Keep coming up with new ideas. Keep you know Jamie's fantastic on systems and bringing systems into this business. You know, as as a small business, and we are we considered a small business still. I would say our back end of our business in terms of systems and that would rival a lot of companies out there. Big yeah. companies, so they are fantastic. And credit to Jamie, he is he is a an innovator a visionary he sees that and and he's brought that into the business and it's not just about the front end it's the back end it's about the service it's everything we can give to our clients and we 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 are a service business you know we you know i'm passionate about service from like say my early days in retail i like people being happy i like people enjoying the service we give and i feel as a business you know that's a big part of what we are the service yeah, we yeah, give you are. look at the same with our employees you know we're, we're a small business
1: that we are we have a uh, i've seen debates on linkedin about this uh, we have unlimited holiday um you know we've got an associate consultant that's probably having the most amount of holiday in the business um it's not a problem as long as they're hitting target and doing yeah. what they're doing um, we pay really really well on the commission front you know the salary is the same we've just put you know life insurance and, and and stuff like that in place for for people that have been here for a while so they're constantly looking to, to 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 revolutionize a business and bring it up to date and give people what they need you know income protection insurances and stuff like that are in place that you know should the worst happen and covid 2.0 come around you know these guys have got some level of security as well and, and it's yeah. yeah it's pleasing
2: for us that we've that we've got that loyalty from our staff as well because we we build that we build that into our culture we've got a career charter that shows them you know i mean i mean we've, we've kind of always prided ourselves on not people you know we would get to people for pay rises before they come to us you know and there's always the odd exception don't get me wrong but there's a career you know that is it's, it's, it's a self-promotion tool you know there's metrics they need to hit and you're promoted you get more money you know it's yeah. not you know people can see a career people can see a route forward and if that's into management or principal consultant it's there you know we just want to give them the support the love the 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 tools and everything to be able to do that and you know we're, we're a couple of honest open transparent guys you know jamie definitely wears his heart on his sleeve and you know but that's what you get from us and we want people in our business who who want to be part of that of, of this project they want to be on this you know we say on the bus you know we want the right people on the bus you know and and, and we we select the right people it's an important part of our interview process that they're not just you know they're not sitting in front of us and saying oh no, well, I can build x amount of money we look at them as a person where they fit into the team out there because Will we be, will we be able to give them
1: what they need, That's what they want, what they look for in their career. You know, one thing I think we've learned over the 10 years, and I think if you said to me, what is the one thing you've learned over the 10 years? I hope you had that question written down. But Always, um, always waiting, yeah, waiting. Always there, of course we're. Is that ultimately, and then you hear a lot of people saying this, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Because you can sit there and have the target of doing 30, 40, 50 million in, in revenue with a 10 million pound yeah. uh, you know, profit, for the point where you get to the event that you want to sell it or, or what have you but ultimately if you don't enjoy what you're doing then why are you going to work yeah go and work somewhere else you know and I think that's that's what we've learned over that time is that
2: fuck it let's just enjoy the ride you know and do the best that we can do and and, and make time for your own families make time for your own yeah. life you know live, live you know you can't I mean again I'd imagine there's a lot of Business owners out there who earn a lot of money, who sometimes at the end of it think, mm, you know, they haven't given themselves time, their families time,
0: you know, and, and I get that you have to put the hours in, but, you know. With- so how do you guys manage that? So, Tony, your kids now must be one of
2: the My oldest boy is 25, works for us. My other boy is 23. Oh, he, he's, he's actually a quantity surveyor for a construction company. So he's kind of in the industry right
0: um, but and how often do you like how do you manage being a dad a husband and and a and a business owner like what's your kind of i guess approach to it
2: yeah well i I mean both my boys still live at home Um Great. You, you know that i'm I'm in no you know rush to boot them out. I love my boys, and you know you know me and my wife you know I think it'll be a sad day, I know they'll progress with their life, but I'm not in no rush to see them go. I like their company, you know it's we're a close family you know we're a very open family and and and, and i i enjoy that part of it, that that they'll come to me for anything and you know i'll give them all i can you know it's a, it's, it's a fantastic relationship and like i said the oldest boy works for me and it's you, you know I, I love him working with me you know it's, it's great you know and i think he i'd like to think he likes working with with his dad you know it's um man. yeah <laughs> but it's you, you, you know yeah i like my holidays as well you know me and my wife like our holidays you know personally i'm a big fisherman i like playing golf you know so i can go from the from the day here with everything i do with loads of people and then i can go fishing on my own for three or four days five days be on my own i enjoy my own company as well and i think it's You know, everybody will say the word. Your wife will
0: give you that. Your wife will give you that ticket to go on your own. (laughs)
2: Every now and then, you know. You know, but I'll I'll just I I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy it. I'm I'm an outdoors person, even though I've worked in an office. I love the outdoors. I like nature. I like being in it. I like being by water. I like being. I love all of that about it. And I get a lot of, you know, it's it's a peaceful environment and.
1: It's funny because,
2: I mean, we're at kind of different stages in our life. I mean, for me, I've got two young
1: boys. Um, You know, one's 10 months, the other one's coming on four. So I'm kind of at the other end of the the process of, you know, last night, funny enough, had a a power outage and had a UK power network at my house till three o'clock in the morning. Luckily enough, my wife's done a fantastic job of training the kids to sleep. They stayed stayed asleep, so, you know, a bit of a crazy one. But, yeah, I mean, you've got to have that balance, as Tony said, having that that time for your family you know we always we always pushed it we've been talking about our staff for four day weeks for, yeah. for five years before it was even popular for it's a popular you're doing
0: that now then do you do that
1: well, we, well, we had an open platform with our staff and asked them you, you know what incentives would you like we had a really really open discussion for a good few hours over a few beers and pizza and we, we, we mentioned the four-day week and, and to be honest it, it kind of I don't want to say it died there was a couple of people that were interested but they were like, well, we, you know, we're going to be able to get all of our clients and stuff. So we think it's something that we're going to kind of have to either enforce or have some sort of hybrid soup solution that you know people can. will make people work from home just to give In them a bit of support, break. Were. No, it's, it's well, there, does there,
0: everyone right? work? Is it at the minute a five-day office like? Yeah, I mean, well, we
1: work. Quite, we work less hours than your average recruitment consultancy. I think you know contractually we only offer. We only make people work. I think it's like thirty-four hours a week or something rather. Mm-hmm. Half oh, days. Is It's uh, eight till till five Monday to Thursday, and then eight till three o'clock on on a Friday contractually. But we Mm. always run incentives about giving time. The one thing you can't buy is time, so we're always saying, "Look, you know, let's hit these metrics collectively as a team, and we can all go home at twelve o'clock on a Friday or have Friday off." We run something called the Green Light Gang, which is basically where we've got like specific metrics as every recruiter has. We try and stay away from KPIs, but you know, real kind of revenue generating metrics. Uh, and if people hit them, then, they, you know, they just, that's it. They,
2: just, they go home. Go um, home at 12 o'clock on a Friday. It's a four and a mm-hmm. half day a week. Like I like say, this Friday, because it's going to be hot, we've got uh, an incentive running that we'll just close the business on Friday. You know, we you know we, we want to do that. We want to give people time. We want people... We want to have a self-policing you know, and self-motivating, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about it's about giving that balance. For
1: us, we see ourselves as setting governance of the business, yeah? a, a platform and a structure to work within, the tools to go and do well. Um, but ultimately, it's 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 about that balance. Go and live your life. Don't don't live to work. Work to live. And and we we try to really really press that.
0: Um, so you, know, you might. Sorry, go on. Go on. I was just gonna. So your. obviously you've been part of the running group i i set up a while ago so was it march or april you jumped in it
1: was march i jumped in i was pretty shit to be honest at first i was terrible in and out in and out in and out you've been pretty consistent since yeah april was the first time i really started getting into it and that's been fantastic i mean that's probably you know credit to you it's brilliant i think everybody that's in it says the same you know i'm not I, i started going to the gym years ago but i've never been a real kind of like pump iron let's get ripped up kind of guy you know it doesn't impress me and it doesn't it doesn't you know people have their own own needs to do it and fair enough but this running stuff brilliant really, you know it's really i said to, i say it to you pretty much every day on on whatsapp on the group that the clarity that it gives me in the morning it drives tony so mad you know <laughs> i come in here with adhd lined up fired right this is what we're going to do today <laughs> it's like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. have a tea and relax for a minute before we keep going but
0: it is mad though isn't it when you get out and don't when you when you get out and do it compared to the days you don't, they're not even comparable, like the way you feel. No,
1: it's, it's, honestly, I, I literally will come in and be like, yeah I have to, I have to kind of re kickstart myself going and get it going and what have you. But I'll go running and, I, you know, you're pumped up. They've got the dopamine going. And again, not to, to kind of keep coming back to ADHD. But <clears throat> anybody that has ADHD knows that in order to kind of keep that, um, you know, keep it kind of, I say, suppressed or, or, or flipping in your favor, you've got to have dopamine and that allows you to, to operate and it's a strange one, but faster than normal. Yeah. Um, you know, I operate at a, a, quite a quick pace and can manage a lot of stuff, but if I don't have a dopamine kick, I can be a bit of a prick, to be honest.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, not to anybody around me. I'm not horrible to people, but just a bit like spiky, you yeah. know, and you know, people, people notice that because obviously you're either, you're either bouncing off the walls or you're a little bit down. I've you noticed know? it
0: even in my house cause you've got the stepkids and you know, they wake up in the morning and the kids, right? And I'm not used to it. So they're seven and nine and I've only moved in with them five, eight, seven months ago. And I've only met them a year ago. So I'm getting used to it every day, but the days I go out and run and I come back, I'm so much calmer. I'm so much better. I know I'm better to be around. Whereas the days I've just woke up. And the first thing I've had to deal with is, is them I don't know, running around, asking for the remote, not getting the clothes on, just being kids. I know i'm more spiky that's probably a really good word to use like i'm definitely not and, and i'm trying I'm, I'm learning to be better but i think getting up early and, and just getting out getting out and doing something whether it is gym running whatever it just it just sets your day up um final question then so what does the future genuinely look like Like, so what if you could paint the vision of the just group what what do you want to where do you where do you want it to be
1: global domination <laughs>
0: it's
1: genuinely i mean to a point yeah we've got uh, we've actually the last week sat down and put together our, our sort of five year, three year and one year plan. The aim for us for the first next year is to continue the, the growth and expansion into the U.S. remotely from here. Um, the aim hopefully is by, you know, depending on how quickly that, that grows and it's kicking off really quick, um, that we will have boots on the ground in, in the U.S. next year. Uh, you know, Tony will probably take a bit more of an active approach on the U.K. than and I'll do the U.S. And we'll continue to grow both areas. and hopefully we'll, we'll have uh, the aim is to have two offices in the u.s in the next three years and you know maybe five years you know probably sell out i think you know mm-hmm. that's that's an aim um whether that happens for both of us as i said we're in different stages of our lives you know tony's at that stage where he'd probably love to you know take some some money and retire and do some fishing you know i'd love a chunk of cash to, to, to kind of secure your future but a bounce off the walls again so you know, yeah. I, I mean, think, I think you'll always do something. <laughs> I'll be there putting your bait <laughs> on your fishing rod just to get you going. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we, we we want to continue to progress. We want to progress our people because that's important. Without them, this isn't a business. Um, progress them. Bring on some 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 high caliber talent. Uh, and keep growing, keep enjoying the ride and,
2: and bring people on that ride with us that want to enjoy it as well. Yeah, the stuff, the staff are important to us. I, I, again, you know, echoing Jamie, growing America, carrying on doing what we're doing in the UK is fine. Bringing on the people, the people we got, enhancing them, making them better, getting them earning some real nice money, getting them enjoying their lives. You know, I, I, I get, you know, we get so much pleasure in giving out nice commission checks. You know that. You know they, you know they work hard for us, and it's nice when when they're rewarded, and just to keep growing the business like that, keep offering, you know, uh, keep offering a service to both candidates and clients that, you know, that I, I mean I always want people, you know, the service that I expect I want to deliver, and and that's the kind of message that we, we give our people. So as a business, if we can offer that as we grow to everybody, you know, that we'll be happy. But, but then we will, well, yeah. That's it. It's, that that will make
0: us happy it's very simple it is it actually is quite simple it but is. it's difficult you know it's not and you can make it more complicated than it needs to be um i'm yeah, learning I mean, we do that don't we we all do that
1: yeah we make it more complicated
0: i'm not i'm i mean i I've not fin- figured it out by any stretch but <laughs> i'd say this year i'm enjoying it like that's probably the one word i'd use i am enjoying it more i'm trying to enjoy it more i'm trying to be present every day and just think. I've got plans in the future, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting there just constantly thinking about them where I used to. I used to be in the past or the future. I was never in the fucking moment ever. And now I'm like trying to enjoy it. And I think that that's really important that
1: leads from something I read there not to drag this out longer than necessary, but you look at something and it's either, I think people, everybody wants happiness, but we do it through pleasure. Yeah. Buying new stuff you know um you know whatever it be sex drugs rock and roll whatever it will be but happiness is really about the things that are important to you and i think we try to try to 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 plug those gaps with pleasure when really happiness is in front of you already your family your friends you know and and i think that's the balance is learning to understand to be content with what you've got (laughs) stay off instagram and 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 keep yourself happy and, and not chase pleasure
0: yeah, exactly I, I had a weekend this weekend where i came back monday i felt great and the week before i just got back from florida and i felt like shit. but the truth is i worked out that my weekend in sheffield brought me more happiness than my week in florida it's mad because i had i had alone time i had time with my missus i had time with friends i had time with the dogs i was in nature i ate well i exercised you know i did i, I ticked all the boxes of things that make me feel good whereas on holiday I did have some great things, but I drank too much. I ate too much. I felt like shit. You know, I I, I definitely I didn't co- I didn't feel great. I enjoyed. I had loads of pleasure. I overdosed on pleasure, but I didn't feel good. So happiness, you're right, is not pleasure. It's, it's not not always linked to pleasure. Always, it can. No, of, and I think we try to we try to to to, to,
1: to plug one with the other. You kind of chasing happiness, but through pleasure, and I don't think many people understand. It. I actually saw a guy called James, uh, he's a PT on, on funny enough, he was on Instagram. He's done a couple of, uh, James Smith, a couple of books. Yeah, I know James Smith. He's yeah, and, and it's and it's brilliant. I think I, I actually love his just open approach to it. And it's, you know, it's, it is simple. And, and, and funny enough, Tony's been saying you for years, you know, if you want to lose weight and I'm you know a little bit overweight, I know that, um, you know, it's simple. Stop eating loads of calories and, and run and enjoy yourself. Move more, eat less,
0: move That's what move I'm more. trying to do, yeah, you know,
1: trying to get into that. And, and that, I've found that that's making me happy um being around my kids you know better relationship with my wife and 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 doing things that make you happy and and not buying ferraris that i can't afford
0: um but it's you know what it's a balance and that that's a big part of the show is is actually it's not all about money it can't always be about targets and money it can't be what's the fucking point like You've got to, if you if you, if you, the you, you life, build a business and lose your wife and not see yeah, your kids, like, what's, what's what's is it worth it? Well, we, Steve Jobs said that, didn't he? At the end of
1: his life, he, that there's a statement that he made that basically, you know, chased this, this, this that, that's ambition of, of growing Apple to what it was, but really kind of missed
2: what was in, what was, what was in front of him, really. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot, lot of the time it is in front of you, you know, it is in front of you, but some people are always looking for the next thing. And, you know, listen, everybody has bad days. You you accept that you have bad days. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, a bad day isn't the end of at the end of time. It's just a bad day. You know, you can't be you can't be 100 no, percent. <laughs> listen, listen, it's, it's, it's like business. You just have to pick yourself up and you go again. It's as yeah. simple as that, you know, but. I think for most people, they don't realise what they got around them. You know, sometimes for some it's too late. They don't see it until until it's too late. Yeah. For other, for others, they see it early and they, and, and they adjust their life. I think that's what we try to press with, with our staff and with, within your life. Be
1: happy, enjoy it, enjoy the ride, and and you know, let's be successful together. Of course.
0: And that was never ever the the narrative in recruitment businesses. Never. Yeah,
1: awesome. No
0: target day to day, week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter.
1: the funny thing in recruitment i think a lot of people in recruitment will will, will say this: yeah wow time flies because you're constantly under the target and you realize like shit we're in june to me this
0: year i just think this year has been the fastest i've ever had it's mad um guys i'd love to talk to you all day um i'm we've run out of time but thank you so much for the time um really appreciate it really honest open as always i know you guys anyway um if anyone does want to talk to you just want us to pick your brains whether it be about your experience whether they want to work with work for you whatever is linkedin a good place to drop you a note
1: yeah massive yeah linkedin get in touch with us we're 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 always open to have a chat and you know whatever it will
0: be yeah well i think the founder relationship bit as well of going through that i mean i've done it i we we mark was an initial founder he's no longer with us and we've been through a similar story it's not it's not easy but it's one that a lot of owners can find themselves going through so that would be something i'd say if anyone's got a challenge with a with a with a partner or whatever then definitely reach out but guys take care thank you so much let's check in again in the future let's see how how this journey evolves um and i wish you the best of luck thank you as always for listening to today's show i truly truly hope that you got value from it That's the only reason I take time every week is to ensure that my audience, future, and existing recruitment owners are learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. Today's episode was brought to you by Hoxo Media. I am the CEO and founder of Oxo Media, and we are the world's leading content marketing and personal branding agency for recruitment businesses specifically. So we are working with over 200 agencies and 2,000 recruiters right now, both managing the brands, producing content, building written video podcast content for niche recruitment agencies all over the world, as well as coaching at a desk level individual recruiters in your businesses how to be better on LinkedIn. That's how to brand themselves. That's how to produce content. That's how to use the opportunity on LinkedIn to get traffic to their profiles and turn that into business. We're coaching people all over the world every single day. If any of that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean Anderson, a personal message on LinkedIn. I would love to talk to you. Tune in again next week on LinkedIn. I'll see you soon.